Hey everybody, this is Fred uh, from Amahiru Creators in Sanom and Loud Blast, and you're listening to Thunder on the Ground. Welcome to episode 309 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here as always. And this week we've got a great one because we've got Fred Lecklerk from Creator, Namahiru, Sensanium, and formerly Dragon Force. Did you ever think we'd have someone from Dragon Force on this podcast? Never. No. I didn't even, well, I mean, even Creator as well. Right, yeah. But Dragon Force is one of those bands we were both on board with from the beginning and pretty cool here. All these years later. Yeah. Um, God, we saw them like in, in Oklahoma City. Yeah. God damn. At the Diamond Ballroom. Like, what, when was that? 2006 or five or some shit? Yeah, around that time. God damn. I don't even remember. Was it that Inhuman Rampage tour or was yeah. it the next tour? No, it was, it was when they were fucking blowing up. Yeah. Guitar Hero, everybody and their fucking mom loved them. <laughs> Remember they opened with like two chicks bouncing up and down on the trampoline? Yeah, to rain in blood. Yeah, 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 to rain in blood. Yeah, exactly. That, of course, <sighs> sticks in your head because it's Slayer and two chicks jumping on a trampoline. Yeah, so. just... That's one of the intros of a concert I'll always remember. Right? Well, it's a unique, <laughs> a unique intro, that's for sure. <laughs> but yes, that's the past now, though. Because he's no longer with them. Right, right. He's now with Creator and his new band, Amahiru, which we're going to talk a lot about here in this interview. And we're also going to talk about a plethora of other things, I think. And probably the first French guy we've had on the podcast, right? I think so. See, firsts everywhere. Something else we need to talk about is a Finnish guy. Right before our last episode came out, the world lost Alexi Laiho. Yeah. That's another huge loss in the metal world. When you think of mainstream music or just obviously mainstream household names, the name Children of Bodom or Alexi Leo, Laiho, sorry, I always say Laiho, but anyway, Alexi Laiho isn't a household name when it comes to the mainstream, but when it comes to heavy metal, this guy is as household as he comes because he's easily one of the best that there's been in the last 20 years. Yeah. As far as guitar goes, you know? Yeah, he, you know, out of all those bands that came out of that era, then that area, uh, you know, in the mid-2000s, which, you know, they were all those bands were definitely there before. But, you know, when it hit the States and it was a being a big thing here, you know, In Flames, Soil Work, Dark Tranquility, Bodom were always, Children of Bodom were always in the conversation. And Alexi was always on the cover of the guitar magazines. And that's and that's that's one of the indicators, you know. Uh, everyone loved this guy's playing. He was on the Steve I shared that cover of you know him and Zach and Alexi on the cover and the big roundtable discussion. And so he he was in the picture there for 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 a little bit. Uh, it, it's a huge loss and what a talent, you know. And he was very very seldom do you see. The singer is also the lead guitar player. You know? Right. So that was kind of a cool thing, too. That's true. And his voice was so unique that even if you weren't like a diehard fan, you could always instantly know who that was. Yeah, definitely. Kind of like you said, around that time, whenever we started getting all that stuff, that kind of Scandinavian metal that was right. making its way into America, finally, 
they're one of the ones that definitely jumped out to me. Yeah. And Are You Dead Yet was around that time. Yeah. Just everything that these guys did was great. And I was really looking forward to hearing the music that Bodum After Midnight was going to do. And I, I, from what I read, I think they already had stuff recorded. Hopefully. So I'm sure we're going to be hearing that in the next, <laughs> mm-hmm. this coming year, more than likely. But yeah, for those of you that weren't aware, Bodum After Midnight was the band that Alexi was a part of now because of, I guess, a contract dispute as far as the name goes, Children of Bodum with some ex-band members. But so hopefully we'll hear that sooner than later. If you've never heard their cover of Jesse's Girl, check it out. It's fucking great. Remember they did uh, the Britney Spears song? Yeah. Well, and they also did a cover of She is Beautiful by Andrew W.K. Yes. And they also did a cover of Talk Dirty to Me. Did, yeah, they did. Didn't they, they do Somebody they, they, Put Something in My Drink by the Ramones, too? I forgot about that if they did. Right. They right. did a, down, was it Down on the Corner? Or uh, up, around the, up Around the Bend by... I'm not sure. By Credence. They did one. Can't no, remember. Looking Out My Back Door. That's what it was. So, I mean, <laughs> we go on we and talk about, about covers? other covers. Yeah. <laughs> Children to Bodum, if for some reason you've been in the dark for the past... 20 some years do yourself a favor and look into them now that's kind of always the thing that people joke about whenever someone dies is that there's an uptick in their music sales or interest in them you know which is always a sad thing but you know hopefully it, you know music lives forever so right this instance will bring some new fans around all right now we should get into some sponsors deb concerts promoter based in tulsa that has brought a lot of killer acts to the downtown Tulsa area at the BOK Center and the IDL Ballroom. They also booked the Roadhouse Stage at Rocklahoma. The show on December 12th with Lita Ford was recently canceled, but if you like Lita Ford, no worries because April 10th, downtown Tulsa, outdoors in front of the IDL Ballroom, Queensryche will be performing with Lita Ford, Nita Strauss, and the Bullet Boys. Very cool lineup there. You can get all your ticket info. DEBconcerts.com. Follow them on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram as well. We, of course, will keep you up to date on any other new additions to their calendar or any other reschedules as well. So keep it here and follow DEB Concerts. Hell Hot Hot Sauce is a hot sauce company. Located out of the San Francisco Bay Area. They make small batch artisan hot sauces. You can check out their entire product line at their website, which is hellahothotsauce.com. You can also follow them on their socials. Both Instagram and Facebook are at hellahothotsauce. They do a lot of collaborations. They've got a couple with some metal artists, like Ghoul has a sauce called Brain Jerk. And Florida Frank from Hatebreed has a sauce called Florida Frank's Florida Heat. We've got a lot of that, and it's excellent stuff, but it'll it'll burn your insides pretty good. So if you're interested in hot sauce, get on hellhothotsauce.com and check out what they've got. If you're on the West Coast, you can find them in a lot of stores out there as well. But get on there and tell them we sent you. Sunset Tattoo. It's a tattoo shop in Midtown Tulsa. Their tattoos are done good and proper. They're state licensed. They are mother approved. Jake and his crew have over 25 years of experience. They do excellent work. You can see photo proof of all that work on their 
Facebook, which is Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. Their Instagram is also at Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. If you give them a call or shoot them a message, you can set up a time to get over there, talk about what work you want to have done. If you contact them, check them out, tell them Thunder Underground sent you. And finally, Med Farm is a dispensary in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, 24683 East Highway 51, right off the highway. Can't miss them. Huge selection, and you can check it all out at leafly.com. They've got a drive through If you call ahead or text ahead, they'll have your order ready while we show up. So that's very convenient. They also give 30% of their proceeds to build no-kill animal shelters, which is a pretty badass cause that we're very happy to talk about here. If you also mention Thunder Underground, they give you 10% off your first order. They're always running other specials as well, so if you follow them on their socials, MedFarm is P-H-A-R-M on Facebook, and MedFarm OK on Instagram. You won't miss any of that stuff. And a huge thank you to MedFarm. Alright, before we get into some Frederick Lecklerk talk, we've got a couple other things to talk about. First off being, what's your favorite Bad Wolf song? Oh man! Second off, what's your favorite Ice Earth song? Hey, we—I thought we weren't going here. We had—I'm just dis- asking you what the songs are. We what's had a discussion, uh, drunken on my part last <laughs> night. We got a little weird, so I'm not saying shit. <laughs> Damn you for bringing it up. <laughs> no, now I don't feel bad. Fuck you. <laughs> Beforehand, you know, before we're recording this, we actually recorded a couple interviews, right? We should throw that out here with a band out of Denver, Colorado called Bound by Years and the vocalist for a band out of California called Red Voodoo. Both young bands that are doing great things. We'll be bringing those soon. But before that, we had a discussion about this. Okay, I'm, was glad sober. I, I'm glad I brought another beer in here. <laughs> Mother dick. And you're right. I think it's something you can easily talk about without, without getting into a political discussion. Yeah, because... Uh, it gets, you know, the Bad Wolves department of it is way more, way less controversial, right? Than than the Iced Earth part of this conversation. Obviously, anybody that keeps up with this kind of stuff knows that you know Bad Wolves, you know, Tommy Vexed kind of clashed with the rest of them over the summer with you know the the George Floyd. Black Lives Matter movement and all the protests and this and that and whatever. And so I think that was like the start of it, probably. And then right before the election, Tommy Vexed came out as a Trump supporter, wore a MAGA hat on his Instagram, you know. So I, I and then now after these, after the the attack on the Capitol, uh, you know, I it's just it. Totally fell apart, so yeah. <laughs> they just said, yeah, you're out of here. But to that point, your first instinct, if, also if you've followed this, you might not know that Tommy Vext has, you know, most notably was a part of Divine Heresy. Yes. And then he's mm-hmm. been a part of a few other bands. Snot, for a brief minute. Snot, yeah. You know, and it's like the ongoing trend has been he, he gets relieved of his duties within a couple years or even right. less of being in a band. 
So it's like, is there some kind of underlying clash that's always there regardless yeah, so, of political values or views or whatever you want to call them? Exactly. So there's probably stuff we don't even know. And there's been other recent charges, which I'm not even going to mention because I don't know if they're true. Right, right, right. Which right. could play into this. And on the Instagrams of all the band members, the drummer, John, formerly a devil driver, mentioned that there's way more to this than the surface of what you think it is, is because we don't have the same political view. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, exactly. But regardless, I mean, it's kind of interesting because it's a young band that, you know, was, had made some noise and, you know, was. It made a lot of noise. And was continue. I think. I kind of thought they were kind of on a trajectory where they were going to get to that next level. Mm -hmm. It's still possible, but it's always it always hurts when when yeah. you change a singer. I mean, it's been done, but the the cases of it being done successfully aren't are a small percentage, you know. Right. And um, but also here's something: if there's ever a time to do it, it's now because no one's touring. So yeah. it's it's like you know there's not really momentum anyways to fuck up so true yeah and you you got if you replace a singer here in the next few months then you've got months to yeah. kind of get him indoctrinated into people's minds that exactly. this is the vocalist now <laughs> this is the way we're headed yeah instead of just someone showing up to a show having not paid attention right and be like what the fuck's this guy yeah you know hey maybe Byron from God forbid's available. I mean, well, we know he's available. But... That's what I'd like to see. <laughs> well, and then so who knows what's going to happen with that? And then there's the whole iced earth thing. How do you? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> where, where where do you go on this deal? See, it's like yeah, that's that was my question when you brought it up. I'm like, how do you talk about that without it getting political? But at the same time, it's like if anyone that's ever paid any attention to iced earth knows that. Even if you don't pay attention to the band members outside of the band, just lyrically or visually, even album covers, T-shirts, whatever, right, this right. band is extremely, not politically minded, but what, historically Historic, minded? Historic. Historically minded. minded. And so this isn't, this isn't a reach, especially if you've paid attention to John Schaefer in the past. It's, it was, like, it's like I told you in there... Um, he was on the Alex Jones show like 10, 12 years ago. I mean, so yeah, if you, if you, if you really know what's up, you know that it's these leanings were there in the first place. So, right. And see, it's like, I don't know where to go here, but <laughs> my, my, my thought that I brought up to you is like, I was just kind of shocked because he's, I've always took him as being pretty staunch. Anti-government, whatever you want to call it, pro, pro-America, right? Which is what most people claim to be. But this guy was one of those people in the truest sense of like, not your fake, you know, hillbilly Trump follower, you know, <laughs> I love America type stuff. I'm talking like the really true, like, yeah, you know, I'm a historically minded person, and I think America should be this way. Yeah. I always took John Schaefer as being an extremely intelligent person. Yeah. And I don't take him as being a, I'm wrapped up in this whole Trump thing, so I'm going to go storm the Capitol with these people. Right, exactly. So I would, but I would love to know the background, and I would love to hear from him, which we probably will, like, you know, a long time from now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. It'll be a while. Uh, if um, the best thing he can do is stay out of the fucking public eye yeah. and keep his full fucking mouth shut, <laughs> that's the best thing he can do right now. 
Um, and, and, and here's one thing, since we're getting into this, fuck it. Here's something that I want, you know, I want to make clear. I mean, for me anyways, I think you probably agree. Okay, I think one way, whatever, you know, it's, is what it is, doesn't matter. And, you know, and people that were there that day think one way, and that's what that is, and it doesn't fucking matter. Nothing I can do about it, and there's nothing wrong with protesting and being peaceful about it and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's what this country's about. <clears throat> but when, you know, when the group that, you know, went into the Capitol and I'm, you know, uh, you know, on top of all the bad things, the violence and the this and the that, they really just showed their fucking ass and showed how hypocritical they are because they're all about Blue Lives Matter. And then they fought with the police uh, and then they vandalized and all this stuff. That shows the hypocrisy. So the it's like I, I put the people that invaded and were in the Capitol in a different group than just, you know, protesters. Yeah. And so it's like if if Schaefer was outside, you know, just, you know, listening to Trump, whatever, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm not going to fucking I'm not going to get my I'm not going to get out of sorts about it. But, you know, he was one of the dudes inside. And, you know, kind of causing all this. So, we got a problem. I mean, for me, that's a problem. Um, and it's like, I told you earlier, uh, even if that's what he really wanted to do, which obviously we know that is what he wanted to do, he should have thought, wow, you know, I employ a lot of people with my band. I am known all around the world. You know, maybe I should... I don't know. Maybe I should just stay at home and watch it on TV <laughs> and just kind of hope, you know, it turns out the way I want it. I don't know. I, I just, that's what I think. So I, I just, uh, but if you believe in something, you know, see, and that's another, that's career, the other thing. Career be damned, right? Well, that's what, and that's, <laughs> you know, that was a discussion we had earlier. I mean, uh, you know, he, the, he obviously believes so much in this that he is going to, you know, because you think, I don't know, man. What do you think this will do to Iced Earth? Like, you know, business-wise, touring and, you know, their draw and their sales and whatever. I don't know. I think that's a good question because I, I thought about that. And I think it's tough because I think by the time we get to a point where touring is just regular, you know, we're looking at a couple years anyway. Probably. Yeah. So, and like with anything, time always helps. And right. I, I think, I don't think that, I think there's a, there's always going to be people that are like, well, I'm not going to go see Ice Earth now because of this. But I think there's more people that are like, you or I, that's like, I love the music. No one's forcing me to go. No one's forcing any belief upon me while I'm here, whether I agree with them or not. So I, yeah. I think, I think there's enough fans that just disregard that stuff anyway. Yeah. And any, like I said earlier, anybody that's a fan of Iced Earth knows. Knew that this was, yeah. Knows what kind of, you know, <coughs> at least, me. you know, not to this extent as far as it being involved with Trump. But people know, like, <laughs> what his views are in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. I don't think it's going to hurt much in that sense. I mean, it might hurt him, like, as far as, like, if Metallica or someone was thinking about bringing him out on tour. <laughs> 
you know, right. as far as getting on something major, maybe it'll hinder him, but I don't think in the long run, because Isturis has been, always been one of those bands that's flown under the radar. Yeah. And, but like you said, they've always, they could pack a club in America anytime, or they can go to Europe and get thousands of people to show up. Yeah. You know? So, I, yeah, and it's like, I don't know. Um, it, It's like I told you, it's like, I guess you just have to do what's best for you, what you feel. I don't yeah. know. It's like, I've. Uh, you know, what am I gonna, I'm not gonna listen to horror show or dystopia anymore. I mean, I don't know. Those are such great fucking records, dude. Yeah. It's, it's like, what am I not gonna listen to fucking free for all <laughs> right. by Ted Nugent, even though he's a fucking whack job? <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, it's just such a. I think Luke Nagel said something somewhere. He's like, what am I supposed to not look, listen to something wicked this way? <laughs> right, right. Cause it's, I mean, they're such great fucking records, man. And, you know, as far as rhythm guitar players go, riff beasts, it's like James Heffield, Scotty, and then John Schaefer. And it's just, it's like such a shame. And I, I don't, you know, and, and it's weird because it used to not be a thing, but anymore it's like, wow, if I listen to this guy, some, some, somebody might think I'm an asshole. <laughs> So it's like, I, what do you, what do you do? What do you do? It's weird, you know. When people walk in my house now, do I take down that autograph poster? Yeah, that's oh been yeah, that's, in there I for fucking years? walked by it a million times today. Didn't even <laughs> realize it because I'm so used to it. Are you going to take that down now? I don't have any plan to take it down. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's just maybe weird. if the government comes and forces me to. <laughs> well, oh man, by God, <laughs> from my cold dead hand. <laughs> but the, um, the kind of the thing to point out to. If there's anyone that's listening, you know, the, the the immediate response to this in a lot of situations is just kick him out and move on. So if you're not familiar enough with this band to know that that's not a possibility, this is like... Yep. And see, this is the other direction. This is we, like if yeah, Dave Mustaine if Dave Mustaine did something outlandish, the other three members of Megadeth can't get together and say, well, get this guy out of here. Yeah. Not just because he's the voice and the face of it, but because that's his band. Yep. And this is the same exact thing. This is John Schaefer, the the name, the logo, the trademark, the business, everything. It's all him. Is one hundred percent him. And, and it's look, it's great that the other four made a statement, but I mean, I, what are you gonna do? What are you guys gonna do? I mean, they could go off and form their own band, but they can't call it Ice Earth. Yeah, they can go do their own thing. They can't call it Ice Earth. So just like you know, exactly. Um, so they play their cards right. They could be in Megadeth in two years. Because they'll be on a turnover anyway. Yeah. It'll be due time. Right. <laughs> God. Well, I guess except for Stu Block. But you can't take that. that don't lose Gappleton. I mean, I, I think Elson's there to stay. That's true. Um, but it's just, uh, I don't I, I. So what I you know. said earlier does kind of play into it. It's like, sure, do what you feel is right. But at the same time, it's like. He just affected four other dudes' lives. See, and that's the thing. It's like, do you? That's what. That's why I wish he would have just plus anybody that's on their crew. So way more than four, but yeah, that's why I just wish he would have stayed home and watched it on TV, probably Newsmax or OAN. <laughs> <laughs> but like, because you know, not only has he affected him, but now all those people are out of a job, um, and it sucks. But, you know, well, I, I don't know. But then on the flip side of that, it's like, well, 
we're in a pandemic, so it's the perfect time for that to happen. Because by the time right? <laughs> touring comes back around, and and look, it's they just, can go back on tour, and most of his crew will go with him. You know, <laughs> just, just just like the battles conversation, we can all bring it back around. It well, it's a great time for it. It's a pandemic, <laughs> right? You know, so yeah. that that's us kind of breaking it down. Um, you know, uh, you can, you know, what happened last week was pure fucking stupidity and sadness and. Uh, you know, the whole country has egg on their face because of it. And that's a whole other discussion, a whole other podcast. But we kind of wanted to break down those two scenarios a little bit. Because it's, it's music, it's metal. So yeah. we touched on it. There we go. And we've mentioned both bands repeatedly on here. Oh, man. More so Iced Earth. Yeah. That's always been, you know, since the beginning, that's always been kind of one of my dream guests, too. Yeah, I know. Was John Schaefer. <laughs> Which I assume now is not going to happen because if he does do stuff, it's going to be way limited and way bigger or higher reach than we are. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Totally. Yeah. And you know, if if we had him on, there'd be people that would stop listening to us. Oh well, that's their problem. <laughs> we can get Phil Labonte on to break down what John Schaefer. Oh did, my god! Just to see what he thought. Oh my god! Well, well, if 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 you get John Schaefer on. It'll be one of those things where, like, you know, <laughs> I got to work that day or something. What the hell? <laughs> he 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 brought this on me yep. uh, as we hit record. I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna go in there, <laughs> but Trent went in there and pulled it out, and that sounds weird. <laughs> but uh, anyways, we have Pulling the uh, we have the guy from Creator on today. It's gonna be a great episode. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so should we just transition right into that then? I think so. I think it's time. Yeah. <laughs> On a brighter note, Frederick Leclerc, better known to us as Fred, former longtime bass player of Dragon Force. In 2019, he left Dragon Force and joined Creator, who is a longtime force in the thrash, heavy ass metal world. Right. Continues to put out great music and. They should have something coming this year as well. Also, Fred just released an album here towards the end of 2020 with his brand new band called Amihiru, and that features members of Mary's Blood, Epica, and Fear Factory. So kind of a good cross-section of not just bands, but I think this is something he talks about in an interview. You know, people from all over the place. You know, he's from France. Um, Saki's from Japan, drummer's from America, um, where's is Epica from Sweden, right? Oh, I don't know. I think Epica's from Sweden. Mm -hmm. So I'm a hero. New album's out. Check that out. If you like stuff like Amaranth, you'll really dig this thing, I think. Metal mixed with electronic elements and all that kind of great stuff. But So, as you can tell by those names, Fred's... Pedigree kind of crosses the, the gamut here on styles and music, so we've got a lot to talk about, so let's jump into it. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Okay, so uh, can I swear? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, no problem. Oh, fuck yeah. All right, okay, that's cool. Right. No, that's good because sometimes, I mean, it's usually the U.S. you know, I have to be careful with. And uh, uh, even though I'm, I'm good, you know, the people that uh, that are not uh, native English speakers tend to think that it's better to put fuck everywhere. So I'm not, I'm not so bad. But, you know, there's a lot of, like, <laughs> I remember going on tour with a, uh, a German band and they were like using fuck all the time, but like overdoing it, just like, hey man, let's have a fucking party. Let's, uh, let's drink some fucking beers. And I'm like, you don't need to say fuck all the time, but I tend to say it every now and then. So, uh, you think it's just a, then. you think it's just a cultural thing? Like it's just an adjective thrown in? Uh, it, it's, it's really what it is. I mean, the, the way I see it, it's because you, uh, you want to sound cool. And if you happen, I guess, you know, uh, the, the people I know, I, I spend time mostly as uh, musicians. So you just learn English from, uh, those videos from, I don't know, Motley Crue or whatnot. And, you know, and you think it's cool to add fuck uh, here and there. So you just like, yeah, dude, it's fucking rad. It's fucking. And then you try to be extremely cool and, but you end up not being very cool. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll be uh, careful. Cool. Not to say too many times. Your guys' debut album comes out here in a couple weeks. Like, what has the fan okay. reaction been so far to the two <laughs> yeah. singles? It's been fucking great. <laughs> no, it's, it's, been, it's been good. Uh, we, <laughs> we, uh, so that we released two videos. The first one was ours. Second one, WTTP, which stands for Welcome to the Party. Uh, and, uh, and it's been great. I guess people didn't really know what to expect. Uh, uh, Saki is known for two bands in Japan, uh, Mary's Blood and, um, and, uh, Nemophila. And, uh, as far as I'm concerned, people probably expected me to do either, I don't know, some Dragon Force or some, uh, creator or Sinsanum. So I guess it's, uh, you know, people didn't know what to expect and, uh, seems like the reactions are good so far. And we, we're dropping in, uh, another, um, uh, single tomorrow, uh, featuring, uh, Ellis from Amaranth. Uh, right. so the, the third song, it's actually already out. Uh, I don't know when your podcast is going to be out, but, uh, right now we are the 12th of, of, uh, November. And uh, the song is already out in Japan. So I was, before doing this uh, interview, I was on Twitter checking the reactions. And uh, my Japanese being as amazing as you can imagine. No, I, I use the translation button. It <laughs> seems like people like it. So, so far, so good. Japan, kind of where you guys are pushing a lot of your efforts because she's in the band? Or are you still just trying to make this a worldwide thing because of the, the band's multicultural? Uh, I, I mean, I'm... I, as far as I'm concerned, I want this to be like uh, everywhere, the music right. out everywhere. I guess the uh, I'm talking about Japan because yes, indeed, Saki is Japanese, and that's where she's really known. And also, the label is from Japan, so okay. that's part of the reason why that there's a, a lot of effort is put in Japan, as opposed to usually other bands that I've been working with. Japan is, uh, let's say, just another territory. But here, obviously, with this band, obviously, Japan has a big, um, you know, uh, big role to play in, in what we're doing. Uh, but no, it's not just uh, Japan because, uh, you know, I'm French and right. uh, the, the drummer is uh, from the U.S., singer from the U.K. 
and the keyboard player from uh, the Netherlands. So uh, yeah, international. So we we hope for an international um, result. Right. Well, kind of talk about like how did the the whole formation of this band come about here in the last couple few years. So uh, I met Saki uh, in Hong Kong when her band uh, Mary's Blood was opening for my band at the time, Dragon Force. Uh, and we just, you know, we just met uh, backstage, had a couple of drinks, and and that was it. Then I went back to Japan a couple months after, and uh, there she was. Uh, I guess Herman put her on the guest list or someone else, and uh, I'm like, hey, you're the girl from Mary's Blood, cool. And then we ended up, you know, having drinks until five in the morning and talking, and uh, and so there was a good connection, and uh, so obviously we knew. Uh, you know that both were playing music, but that was not like uh, the the topic of discussion was not like, hey, nice to meet you, let's uh, let's form a band together. <laughs> so it was more like you know getting getting to know each other. And uh, I I go to Japan very often, uh, not only for for music, but also you know vacation and uh, to do promo. I mean as much as I can because I I love Japan. And uh, so every time I would go there, we'd make sure that, you know, I would let Saki know. And then I guess it just came naturally, you know, in the conversation, just wanted, just like, since we have so much in common, why don't we play music together? So uh, that's what we did. And then her management got in touch with uh, the Japanese label uh, that I had been working, dealing with um, uh, regarding Dragon Force and also Sinsanum. So I guess everybody, uh, everybody, uh, everything just went uh, kind of quick from the moment we, Saki and I agreed on doing something or decided to do something. And then the next thing you know, we are in a meeting with uh, with the label and her management and going like, uh, okay, so who's going to play on the album and what are you doing and when can you deliver? So it, it went really quick, but that was also very exciting because we, you know, we, we had to uh, get the show on the road. So I just went through my you know list of people that i like and that can play music <laughs> and uh, I, got, I got in touch with uh with uh kuhn from uh, from epica for the keyboards on the drums originally was supposed to be sean reinert uh but he couldn't commit to the whole thing because he at the time he was moving houses so he recorded just the one song and then he was like oh, i'm sorry but the with, with the the schedule that you guys have I don't think I will be able to to carry on because I'm moving houses right now. I need to build my new home studio, and you guys, uh, you know, so this is not going to work. But I've sent you one song. If you want to use it, please use it. Uh, so the plan was to use uh, Sean Reinhardt's version of the song uh, "Bringing Me Down" uh, as a bonus, and uh, unfortunately, Sean passed away earlier this year. And I felt it was more uh, appropriate, or more uh, not to use that as as a bonus, but just to have it on on every uh, every versions of the album as a as a tribute to him, and I also dedicate the album to him. So uh, so that's what we did. So that's why you have two versions of 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 that song on the album. And uh, so as a replacement, I asked my friend Mike Heller, who plays with uh, Fear Factory and Raven. And uh, for the vocals, we I got in touch with um, uh, Archie Wilson, who's maybe the less known uh, of the whole lot. 
but uh, he deserves to be very known because he is one of the the, the, the main uh, uh, one of the, the main reason why uh, I think the, the the band sounds so good uh, because he's got a, a, an amazing voice and uh, yeah he's, he's just amazing I don't know what do you think do you like his voice oh yeah yeah I love it that's one of that was kind of one of my questions like I wasn't really familiar with him and like how you came in contact with him because that that voice is really strong and it really adds to what you guys are doing with the melodic feel. It, it does totally because, uh, so we, we met, we met through a mutual friends, uh, because again, you know, like I said, because I, I do music, uh, and I've been doing that for, for a while now, yeah. uh, I, I tend to end up meeting a lot of musicians and, uh, what, what's important for me, uh, and it was the same with my, you know, I have a death metal band called Sinsanum. And uh, Joy Jordison, uh, ex Slipknot, is on drums. And uh, the reason why we're playing together is first and foremost because we we are friends. And it's not just like meeting people or not rather uh, 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 asking someone because he's famous and I've never met the person before. But that could happen. I could go through, you know, managements and labels and asking. But I don't see the point. So what I'm doing is like doing it with with people that i you know that i like on a human level not just uh great musicians but when they happen to be nice and to be uh, great musicians then you know perfect and yeah so archie um i guess uh, when we had that discussion with, with uh, the management and the label back in japan um uh, one one of the I don't think it came from me, but someone someone said, "Why don't you Why don't you guys um, have uh, Mark from Dragon Force on vocals?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's a good idea." And um, obviously, I know him. <laughs> he's a uh, he's a good friend, and uh, that would be easy, very easy to work with him. And I'm sure he would like the the kind of music that we intended to do, which was uh, not power metal, rather you know heavy metal, hard rock. Uh, whatever you want to call what we're doing, but then we can talk about it uh, after. And uh, and so the the more we were working on on the songs, the more I was like, this is not gonna work with Mark. Uh, so I was you know I was very confident about what we were writing musically, but I guess I was just like sort of worried that the vocals would not be or something was missing, you know. And then one night uh, I was in Tokyo. One night I I just you know ding. Wow, Archie. Yeah, why didn't I think of him before? Okay, let me. You know, so I just sent him a sent him a text. Uh, I'm in Japan. I'm working on this uh, this band. Uh, would you be interested in trying out? Because I think your voice would fit. And he sent me the 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 song the day after, and we were blown away. And we we're just like, okay, now everything makes perfect sense because his vocals are just so powerful. It makes all the songs. Um, you know, the, the, it was the, the missing ingredient to make the whole thing, you know, uh, so, uh, organic and solid and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, he's got a great voice, very melodic, very, it can be very aggressive. He's got a great sense of, uh, harmony and, uh, rhythm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's got, you know, it's, uh, vocals with, with, uh, with bolts and energy. And I think that's, that's great. Uh, so, uh, uh, adds, definitely adds a lot of to, uh, to our music. Yeah. Well, kind of like you mentioned with the the hard rock element, this is kind of the first project you've been involved with that kind of has a little bit of that, right? That kind of leans, it's still metal, but it leans hard rock at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess 
uh, you know that that's the kind of music I really like, and uh, I've I've been trying uh, since I started writing songs with Dragon Force. I've been trying to to go towards that direction, but there's so much you can do when the band is called Dragon Force and uh, has a career. So people expect certain things from you, people label and also the other musician. I, I was not alone in Dragon Force uh, writing music, so you have all those limitations. But I guess. Uh, if people listening to this uh, podcast are familiar with Dragon Force, maybe the album Reaching into Infinity is the closest to uh, to, to Amahiru they could they could um, hear because uh, this is the least Dragon Force album. Uh, the, 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 it, yeah, because I, I was trying to to get away from that power metal uh, genre, so I was trying to add all the stuff that I like. Because reaching into infinity, I, I, I wrote like 70% of the album, so there's a lot of me. And me not being a big fan of power metal to begin with, uh, I was trying to put a lot of uh, more traditional uh, hard rock or heavy metal, uh, thrash, uh, a bit of uh, prog and whatnot. And so Amahiru was, uh, in that sense, very, uh, uh, you know, a great sense of freedom because there's no expectations. It's the first band. No one is waiting for you, so you don't have to you don't have to answer to anyone. So it was just like you know total freedom. So yeah, there's there's definitely uh, elements uh, of of hard rock and and all the stuff that I was not uh, that it, that it wasn't possible for me to um, to do before. Did you write the majority of the music on this album, the Mahu? Excuse me, um, I try to pronounce that. I keep saying it wrong. I'm a hero. I'm a hero. Yeah. Okay. yeah. It doesn't mean anything. Just it's it's coming from a from a dream I had. So you don't. It doesn't matter if you say I'm a Raya, It's fine. Right. <laughs> I, I, everything goes. Um, uh, what was the question again? Did you write the majority of the music on the album ah. yourself, or did you guys co-write? We we co-wrote. Uh, okay. The, the the way the way it happened it was uh, Saki was also working on on a new album uh, for uh, Mary's Blood, so she was sending me ideas, but I was like sending way more, and uh, so the the balance wasn't really there, and I was like, ah, I feel you know it could work that way, but I really would like her to to feel involved in every you know uh, as much as I am in in all the songs. So what happened was. Um, I flew to Japan and I spent three weeks with her in a studio, uh, working eight hours a day on all the songs that we both wrote. So the end of the day, if you look in the booklet, uh, I probably end up writing more stuff than she did. And I, I was also producing the album. So I had a bit more to do, but it doesn't really matter because all the songs, uh, happened to, we finalized them together. So it was really like a, uh, music uh, was written by Saki and myself, uh, vocals, uh, Archie and myself, and then all the arrangements. Um, so, like I said, I was taking care of the production, but I also let, gave a lot of freedom to uh, to Kuhn and, and Mike because there was no point uh, just telling them, you know, when, when you've got like such talented musicians, there's no point just... You know, just telling them you have to do this and that, and that's all you have to do, and blah blah blah. So there, there were like some guidance here and there, 
but uh, I also let them uh, express themselves, which is why, again, the album sounds so organic and everybody really enjoyed doing it because there was that, that sense of, of freedom and, uh, and uh, you know, everybody could contribute to make things uh, sound the way they sound now. Do you think, even though it's a relatively new partnership between all of you guys, do you feel like the writing chemistry was pretty natural? Yes, yes, totally. Uh, and I think it shows, I mean, I think you can hear on the album, there's no, everything to me, at least, I don't know, but it sounds very fluid and there was no, at least, you know, Saki and I we were definitely on the same path. We had the same vision and uh, the other guys just like, you know, clicked uh, instantly. So it was, it was very natural and uh, uh, even surprisingly very, easy obviously there there's always like moments of stress when you when you work on an album but uh it, it was relatively uh yeah easy and it was definitely a pleasant experience and i really can't wait to uh to uh to to work on a, on the second album which we will yeah some point. i i think i'd read they didn't you guys record this in 2019 Yes, yes, correct. So was correct. it hard, like, was it kind of agonizing waiting this long to get this put out? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was, it was. Uh, I guess we had to because there were like certain things that needed to, you know, I guess, uh, the, the fact that I changed, uh, career, uh, with Dragon, uh, from Dragon Force to Creator, that was one thing. So I had to prioritize that, you know, uh, change and then, uh, we had to do the, the COVID just came here. So everything got like, you know, you know, postponed and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, it, you know, it's, it's difficult because I'm talking about something that we finished, uh, we mixed, we mixed it in Sweden in June 2019. So, you know, I could be, I could easily be sort of jaded by now and go like, Oh, I can't remember, you know, because a lot of things happened since then, but I'm still super enthusiastic about the album because I'm definitely not tired of it with a good time and I still listen to it and I'm like, this is great. And I, I really, so yeah, it was a little hard uh, to not be able to share it with people, but I'm glad it's happening now. There's no point moaning about it, yeah. being positive. And yeah, the album is out or about to be out and uh, that's cool. Well, once uh, the COVID stuff kind of dies down and people are able to tour again, are you guys planning to tour with this project, or is it going to be more of a studio thing, or have you talked about that yet? Um, the the plan was to do shows, uh, and uh, well, like you said, because of the COVID, everything went to uh, you know uh, to shit. Um, we last time uh, I was in Japan, it was in February this year. And uh, I was talking with Saki about uh, because we wanted to release the album in in June and uh, or during the summer because I thought I thought the vibe of the album was to me was like something that you need to release in the summer just party time yeah uh, which in a way an album like this coming out right now because everything is like you know pretty grim and it's winter and it's the uh, the COVID situation and everybody's like sort of down. I think it's, it's also good to release like a, a sort of feel good, positive album yeah. in such dark times. So it's actually okay too, you know, depend, you just always look at the bright side. But originally, yes, it was supposed to be released summertime and, uh, we wanted to do some shows. I remember talking about doing some shows in, um, in France because I was supposed to do some festivals with, uh, 
uh, one of my bands, uh, Loud Blast. Uh, we were, uh, we were supposed to go, supposed to do Hellfest, uh, among other festivals. And, uh, I remember saying, uh, telling Saki, in case, uh, we can't really have everybody on board, why don't we just you, Archie and me do some acoustic shows? And it's the summer and it's nice and we it could like show another aspect of the band and that'd be really cool. So we were just like making, making all those plans. And we're also supposed to do some shows in, in Japan, uh, actually right now in November. And, uh, yeah, so now everything is postponed, but, uh, at the same time, I mean, life goes on because I, I do have all the bands I have to take care of. So th- we want to do shows. That's for sure. But it's very hard to say when because by the time COVID is done or at least there's a vaccine or at least we can do shows. Uh, it will be time for me to go on the road with, um, with creator. Uh, I will be, I, I hope that a new Sinsanum will be out as well. So I will need to do that as well. So, uh, I don't know when it's going to happen, but to make a, a long story short, uh, yes, we, we want to do, we want to do shows and we want to make more albums. And, uh, I need, I need this band, uh, because. I need to have a, a balance artistic, artistically in my, in my life. Uh, when I was only doing Dragon Force, I needed to have my, my death metal bands in Sanum out. And the reason was because I needed like a, a, a balance. You know, people knew me for one side of my personality, happy music, power metal, la la la, smiling. But I'm also, you know, I like aggressive music, evil stuff and whatnot. So since Sanum was very necessary to me. And now I guess the balance is different because I have Creator, Sinsanum, and Loud Blast, and it's a thrash and death metal bands. So I need Amahiru uh, in my life artistically so that I can express myself uh, in that way, you know, positive and, and melodic and whatnot. So, um, so yeah, we, uh, we will do shows and we will uh, release more albums. Kind of speaking on what you were just talking about with all, all your projects, do you ever get overwhelmed thinking about everything you got going on or is it, it's kind of balanced, I guess, where one thing's not happening while the other one is, but does, does it ever get yeah, overwhelming at all? Much. Uh, a little when you think about it too much, <laughs> which I try not to, uh, it's, it's okay. I mean, so far so good. Uh, I still manage, I always manage to, uh, to get lucky. Possibly, I don't know. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. Sometimes, sometimes it's a little Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, you know, when you, uh, cause right now I'm doing interviews, uh, with you, an interview with you about Amahiru right before I was working on, uh, Sinsanum. And this morning I was sending some stuff, uh, to Miller from Creator. So I guess, you know, within the same day you go like, um, but it's fine, and I, it's fine, and in, in a way, it's, it never gets boring because you know I've got a lot to uh, uh, to play around with. So, um, so it's cool. Yeah. Well, kind of on that same kind of subject, when you think of all the different types of music you've been involved with, whether all the types of metal like black metal, death metal, power metal, heavy metal, like what's your kind of go-to as far as just as a fan? Like, if you're going to listen to metal, is it? Cause you kind of mentioned earlier, you like hard rock, you're wearing a morbid angel shirt. So like, what's your go-to? Are you kind of across the board, just like your, your bands are? Yeah, it's, it really, it really depends on the mood. I mean, also because I do a lot of heavy metal, 
uh, as as a, you know, a musician and to go on tour. And when you go on tour, not only do you play metal, but you hear the opening band playing metal. And in between bands, there's a lot of metal. And then after the show, there's a party. People are listening to metal. Yes. So <laughs> so when I so when I go home, I tend to kind of you know switch off for a little while. So. It depends. I mean, on my uh, vinyl player downstairs, uh, there's a um, point of entry from Judas Priest. Uh, but yesterday I was listening to Billy Joe. Uh, indeed, I, I, uh, I received a package from a, a dear friend of mine from the US with a lot of Morbid Angel shirts. Morbid Angel is one of my favorite bands ever. So I, I do need my fix of uh, Morbid Angel, say at least, uh, I don't know, a month. I don't know. It, but, um, I mean, the only thing I will not listen to very often is actually power metal. That's the kind that I don't really, really enjoy as much as the others, possibly. Uh, also new metal, not so much. Um, it depends. It depends. It really depends on the mood and, and whatnot. I'm very open minded and uh, I guess it's necessary when, uh, uh, when you're a musician, I think you have to be open-minded. So I've got my preferences, but uh, I just it really it really depends. And uh, to be fair, I'm, right now uh, I think I will listen to Billy Joel again when I'm done with the interview. So <laughs> good. You spoke about joining Creator last year. Like, what was it like stepping into a band that had you know two original members and another member that's been there for a long time, kind of as the new guy? Was it like? Were they completely open with you, your ideas and everything when it's coming to this new album, or how's that going? Uh, well, I mean, I was I was pretty uh, nervous uh, to be honest when when um, when I first went for the uh, when I went to the rehearsal room for the first time, you know, and uh, because I was just like, okay, I'm definitely the new guy. Uh, the <laughs> Sammy's been here for like you said, you know, twenty years. And, uh, Miller and, and Ventor since, since the beginning, we believe, you know, whatever. But, uh, so I was, you know, it was, it was very exciting, but at the same time, a little, you know, scary, just like, is he going to be okay? Because I knew Miller, uh, for sure. I've known him for actually tw- almost 20 years, but is he going to be okay with the other guys? Are they going to let me in? Or maybe they're going to, I don't know, maybe they're going to miss the other guy and they, I'm going to suffer. You know, like Jason Newstead with uh, Cliff Burton, you know, kind of thing. I don't know. I, I had no idea. So I was going there, like, uh, and uh, I don't fuck. I mean, we we played the first two songs, uh, so it was Violent Revolution, and then we went into Extreme Aggression, and it felt like I'd been in the band for for a long time, and they were just like everybody was really happy. So that was just like, oof, okay, that's cool, that's all right, and then. Couple of days after I was, uh, at a party, you know, that, uh, a, a Ventor, uh, threw and, and we were just talking as if we, we knew each other for, for forever. So on a human level, this is awesome. And, uh, on a artistic level, it's great as well because, uh, I, I kind of warned them before I said, I'm, when it comes to writing music or throwing ideas, I get very enthusiastic and I'm very, um, you know, I, I tend to go like, yeah, this is how it, how it works and whatnot. Not that I like to to be a dictator and going like, ah, but it's just that I feel very, very uh, confident when it comes to music. And so, um, you know, and uh, I was afraid that 
maybe it would be annoying for them or also they would tell me just like you calm down new guy <laughs> you, know, you, you shut up <laughs> we know we you know but uh but i guess they, they're actually they're they're very you know asking me so what do you think or you know they, they definitely they definitely open the door so there's no it doesn't feel like obviously when i think of it when i try to analyze the situation i'm still a new guy uh and that's fine but but it's definitely not uh, how it feels we we are definitely like a, a family and it, they don't make me feel like i'm the new person or whatnot and it's also very refreshing for them i think because it always is when there's new blood you know uh in in, in a band and uh and we've, we're all very excited so we, we worked on on the new songs uh, the whole summer so uh, july august september and of uh october I went to uh, Germany two weeks, so it was two weeks in Germany rehearsing, two weeks in France packing uh, stuff because we were moving houses with my wife. Uh, so I, that's how I spent my my uh, my summer, um, and uh, and it's great. And uh, we it sounds good. I'm throwing ideas. We're arranging the songs together, and we're very excited. Again, you know, I'm very excited for for people to listen to it. But I'm getting used of waiting until people can listen to my stuff <laughs> so it's <laughs> so are you guys was that all writing time or are you guys already recording or is that not happening is recording like coming next year it's it's it, it's just uh writing and oh, okay. arranging yeah yeah we again we're taking our time because right now everything is you know flat and there's no it's right. very hard to protect yourself in terms of uh of uh the good thing with i'm a hero is that it's it's not it's not a big machine. It's just starting. So the fact that we're releasing an album and there's no tour after, it's not so bad. But for a machine like Creator, you kind of need to you know it's it needs to roll all the time. So you release an album and then you go on tour and whatnot. Otherwise, there's no real point. You know, the good thing for us is that right now we are in that uh, part of the curve when we were supposed to not really tour or do any gigs. And work on the album. So the, I want to say that the COVID is just not hurting us too much. We only had to postpone a European tour and uh, some shows. Like there should have been a, a festival. We were supposed to headline a festival in Mexico maybe two weeks ago or something. Or, or, or actually maybe now. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it was November. Uh, but that's about it. Uh, so it's still okay for us. And that's why we're taking our time and we just want to make sure that the, this new album is going to be uh, great, awesome. And, uh, and then we want to release it when we see uh, clearer. Right now, no one can. So. Yeah. Were you involved with the writing of 666 World Divided or was that something that was already written before you got there? It was, it was written, uh, it was written. I mean, Miller is still the, the, the main guy composing most of the stuff, uh, right. really. So, and, and it, again, it, you know, being the new guy, as much as I, when it comes about arranging stuff and we are in the room, I go like this and that, but I cannot also take the piss and go like, and these are my songs. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're going to play right now. So, <laughs> so, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm taking my time, but, uh, uh I, I arranged that, uh, bass part in the, in the middle and we arranged some, uh, harmonies here and there, but the song was, was already, um, uh, written by, um, mostly by, by middle. Uh, yeah. Well, kind of outside of the, everything you've been working on for this new album and working with Creator, like, how have you been spending your personal time during the 
the downtime of the pandemic, not being able to tour? Uh, let's see. Um, so the pandemic happened in March. Uh, I uh, I had to. Okay, it, that's going to be the sad part of the interview. Uh, my father uh, passed away a month ago. Oh, man, I'm sorry. Uh, yep. Thanks. Uh, and and uh, in in March, actually, uh, oh, it was in April. Um, he had like a cancer striking again. So I went back, I went to spend some time with him and he had surgery. So that was a bit like, you know, obviously worrying and we were just like monitoring, making sure that everything was okay. So it sort of kept me busy. Uh, then I went back home. Uh, what did we do? Planning on moving houses. So then the summer came and uh, like I said, it was two weeks in Germany, two weeks uh, in France packing. And it goes really, really quick. So by the time, you know, you just, you, one, one day you're beginning of July and, uh, the next, uh, you're mid, uh, September and you're in your new house. And I was, I did videos for Loud Blast as well. Uh, still writing material for Sinsenum. Like I said, I went to Germany again, beginning of October. Then my father unfortunately passed away. So I had to go back to my hometown, spend time with my mother. And then came here to my new house, uh, get used to all the switches, you know, uh, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and building, you know, well, building furniture, rather buying furniture and, and screwing, you know, a few things. Yeah. And, uh, and trying to, and trying to, you know, to cope with, with, uh, what's happening in my life right now. And, uh, and now finally uh, doing promo for, uh, Amahiru, which is a good thing because, I, as much as everybody else, or even more, uh, I, I need a lot of positivity in my in my life right now. So talking about uh, positive music is a, is a good uh, is a good way to uh, to be positive. Yeah. Well, kind of a total random subject change. I saw on your Twitter a couple of days ago you posted a picture of you wearing that Razor Ramon T-shirt. Are you are you actually a fan of old school wrestling? Because I'm a big yeah, fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. I, yeah, I uh, I remember when I was a kid uh, watching that, discovering uh, wrestling for the first time, and it was uh, who was there? Uh, Big Boss Man and Bret Hart and uh, uh, Sergeant Slaughter, Hulk Hogan. Uh, so I was really into it maybe for a few months, and then it disappeared. And then I, you know, I just discovered something. Else. When you're a kid, you just discover things like wow, wow, wow. And then it disappeared and then came back a few years after. I guess it was around 93, probably, uh, when The Undertaker was there and uh, Yokozuna and uh, Rizzo Ramon, uh, Heartbreak Kid, all of that. So I was back into it. And then again, it just disappeared. And then until recently, uh, I just got, uh, basically when I met my wife and she was like, she, she was telling me, Oh, I, I like watching wrestling. It's fun because the, the, the people commenting in France are actually really funny as well. So she was like watching that. I'm like, oh, you wrestling? Yeah, I used to watch it when I was a kid. Okay, let's have a look. And then I went back into it so much to the point that, uh, so, and I'm parallel to that. I'm friend with, uh, Chris Jericho because, you know, he plays in a band called Posey and we did some gigs together. So, uh, so that, that's, you know, that, that's cool, of course. And, um, also, Saki is a big fan of, of wrestling, by the way. Okay. And uh, and anyway, uh, I, I I got to to meet uh, a friend who works in a production of WWE, 
So uh, he got me some tickets to go and see uh, see them when they were in, in Paris, and I got to uh, to um, hang uh, with uh, with um, uh, uh, Baron Corbin okay. uh, and Seth Rollins, and that was really cool. I was just like, wow. So yeah, I do I do like a, a bit of wrestling. It's fun. Yeah. And a uh, uh, thing about wrestling is that uh, I and I used to be like that. I was just like, oh, it's fake. Oh, it's not blah blah blah. But okay, everybody knows it's it's fake and it, they have stories and blah blah blah. But at the end of the day, it's just the same as watching a movie, uh, except it's even better because they do it in front of you and it's they they have only one take. So it's yeah. like you know more more impressive than than a movie when you have like two hundred takes of the rock jumping. I'm saying the rock, but you know jumping from a from a building and uh, okay, do it again. So. I don't see the point unless people that are saying, oh, it's fake, never go to cinema, don't watch TV. Then, right. Okay, fine. But, you know, but, but otherwise, I think you just have to admit that this is actually, it's fun and, uh, and it's, it's amazing. Uh, um, uh, not, I was going to say artists. Well, yeah, they're amazing artists and, uh, and, um, very uh, sporty, uh, persons. Yeah. Sporty persons. Yeah. When- Athletes. That's the word I was thinking right. about. <laughs> when music, you know, hard rock and metal have always been pretty, pro, you know, relevant in wrestling as well. So, yes. you know, it'd be good to get, you know, one of your new songs on there, push, you know. <laughs> I mean, yes, I don't know. I don't know who to ask, really. But I think Welcome to the Party could be a good, like, uh, uh, but it, I, I don't know. I'm not, you know, I need to... I would need to know whose character would like come on stage and like welcome to the party, <laughs> but it could work. I could someone. I think someone mentioned it somewhere on was it on my Instagram or something. I was just like, yeah, this is a good idea. But I, that's as far as I can go. So I don't know if someone is listening to this podcast and has a way to uh, to give the song to someone. You know, maybe or maybe I could ask. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I should ask Chris. But Chris is with the AEW, right? Right. Yeah, which I haven't, I haven't watched that yet. I don't know. I don't know how that is. Is it better? I've, a lot of people say it is. I've kind of watched it here and there. So it's, mm-hmm. I'm not like fully into it yet to really be able to say if it's better or not, but I like what I've seen. I, all, all, I, all I've seen was just like those things that he's posting and he's cracking me up all the time. Le yeah. champion, le everything. So I think this, this is amazing. So only for that, but I don't think it's available. I, I mean, the, 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 where we live right now, it's the middle of nowhere. So I'm glad that you can hear me because the internet connection is really bad. The TV connection is crappy, but uh, I need to dig into that and see if we can get the AEW here in France. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time with me today. I really love the new album and looking forward to what you're doing with the creator next year as well and the new Sensei cool. as well. So, Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks yeah. for your time and uh, thanks for liking the well, not that you're doing it to, just for me, but thanks for liking the album. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you for your time. And, uh, yeah, speak to you whenever, you know, with another band and whatnot. I'd be happy to. There you go. Fred Lecklerk, creator, Amahiru, Sensanium, X Dragon Force. A huge thank you to Tim from Adam Splitter PR for his help with that one. And of course, a massive thank you to Fred for taking some time out there to talk about. All those bands I just mentioned, and even some wrestling. Oh, got some. She loved that. Yeah, got some wrestling talk in there as well, and all kinds of great stuff. So, 
If you have not, check out some... Uh, Who's his favorite wrestler? Was it the Bordeaux Strangler? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's how in touch I am with wrestling. Fuck me. <laughs> we t- I'm trying to remember. Like Something I didn't mention beforehand was... Because we've been mentioning this one's coming now for a while. Like we got so behind. This right. one is actually recorded almost exactly two months ago. Mid-November. And I remember I brought it up only because I had seen him within the past few days of that point. On Twitter, wearing a Razor Ramon shirt, and so I brought it up Shit. and talked about that and a few other, few other things. And I said, and I remember him saying, if if anybody's got a connection to, you know, AEW or WWE, then put in a word to get their music <laughs> right somehow included on something. So you got to what's that thing that Jost always says that. Making that, making that wrestling money. Right, right. right. <laughs> getting your song synced get, on something. Yeah, getting the wrestling check. Yeah. <laughs> but so, yeah, if you haven't checked out I'm a Hero, or even the, the newest creator song that came out, includes Fred on that. And then, of course, all these, every Dragon Force album you can find, he was a part of, and a heavy part of writing as well. Sinsanium, if you like your shit heavy as fuck. And all this stuff's great, so it's really cool to have Fred on here. And this is your first time listening. We've had some other guys from some, you know, in that thrash world, like a couple guys from Megadeth, actually three different guys that have been in Megadeth, including David Elfson, James Lomenzo, Chris Broderick. We've also had on Alex Skolnick of Testament, Ted Aguilar of Death Angel. We've had on guys from Seven Dust, Crowbar, Life of Agony, Typo Negative, more recently, we've had on guys from Devil Driver, Helmet, John Karabi. We even had on Matthew Nelson. I had, right. to, like, had to flip it up there for a second. He totally went the other way. <laughs> but yeah, in that realm, we've had on guys from Winger, Warrant, Tesla, Great White. We've had on Gene Simmons of Kiss, Bruce Kulik, formerly of Kiss, Dizzy Reed of Guns N' Roses, and the list is long and fruitful. <laughs> We've had on a member of Bad Wolves as well. That wasn't Tommy Vex. We had on Doc Coyle. Yes. Doc Coyle has a great podcast called the X-Man Podcast, and Tommy Vex might be the next guest. Oh, my God. You couldn't help. You couldn't not do that, could you? You had to hey, do it. He's now the X-Man from <clears throat> Bad Wolves, so why not? <clears throat> but then again, Bad Wolves entire, in its entirety is X-Members of other bands. So Pretty much. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see what they do, and hopefully Jason's right that New God Forbid is coming soon. That's my prediction. <laughs> if you, you just if you pay attention to your social medias, I think that something I you know I'm thinking it's probably like some kind of live stream or something, but yeah, or maybe they just did a song or whatever. But I think something's happening, and they always kind of alluded to maybe it might. So you never know. Yeah, and it's due time. <clears throat> right, right. Yeah, the, probably the band from that whole scene of. New wave of American heavy metal bands that didn't get the just do. I mean, all of them. I don't think Shadows Fall definitely, but Shadows Fall still got a little bit more, right, of a of a bump up there than God forbid did. I feel and God forbid should have been. Yeah, they're and we got to see them a couple times. They're great. Yeah, absolutely. So check them out if you have not. All right, check us out too. Beatdownunderground.com. Find all our socials there. 
click on all those. Get on YouTube at Ethan Underground. Subscribe there. We've got a bunch of videos where we review stuff like the new Hate Breed, the new Napalm Death, the Metallica Blu-ray, August Burns Red, some other stuff's on there. So get on there and subscribe to that. Wherever you listen to podcasts, subscribe to us there so you don't miss any future ones. You can find us pretty much everywhere. And yeah, I think that covers it for another one. Once again, a huge thank you to Fred Lecklerk, Adam Splitter PR, Med Farm, DEB Concerts, Sunset Tattoo, and Hella Hot Hot Sauce. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.